Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kurt Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for November the 4th in the year of our Lord, 2020. This is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide, and absolutely we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips, and as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Wow, have we been live (laughs) a lot. We were live two hours yesterday morning for our normal show. We were live six hours last night for election coverage. We're now live again as we start out today. We don't have time for the recap of yesterday's show either. Check it out, libertyroundtable.com, lovingliberty.net. The show notes and the archives are there free at your fingertips. We are continuing our request for donations, every penny will be used to promote news the networks refuse to use and tell the tale of liberty as we travel uh, and present information across the country in 20 and 2021. So the donations, please keep them a- coming. Every penny will make a huge difference. LibertyNewsRadio.com, LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word, donate today, please. Every penny makes a huge difference for us to keep us on the air, help us buy equipment, help us travel and report live, and help us grow. Now, you're hearing sound bites from the President of the United States, uh, and uh, I want to play the speech in its entirety. Kurt uh, took the time to get the speech. I trimmed it up, got it ready. Let's hear what President Trump has to say, uh, and then let's go from there. I'm not exactly comfortable with a lot of his speech. Let's, let's just play it, and then we'll talk about it. Let's hear the President of the United States of America, Donald J. Trump, in his own words. sad group of people is trying to disenfranchise that group of people. And we won't stand for it. I want to thank the First Lady, my entire family, and Vice President Pence, Mrs. Pence, for being with us, all three of us. And we were getting ready for a big celebration. We, we were winning everything, and all of a sudden, it was just called off. The results tonight have been phenomenal, and we are getting ready. I mean, literally, we were just all set to get outside and just celebrate something that was so beautiful, so good, such a vote, such a success. The citizens of this country have come out in record numbers. This is a record. There's never been anything like it to support our incredible movement. We won states that we weren't expected to win. Florida, we didn't win it. We won it by a lot. We won the great state of Ohio. We won Texas. 
Texas by 700,000 votes, and they don't even include it in the tabulations. It's also clear that we have won Georgia. We're up by 2.5 percent. There are 117,000 votes with only 7 percent left. They're never going to catch us. They can't catch us. Likewise, we've clearly won North Carolina. We're up 1.4 percent for 77,000 votes with only approximately 5 percent left. They can't catch us. We also, uh, if you look and you see uh, Arizona, we have a lot of life in that. And somebody said, somebody declared that it was a victory. For, and maybe it will be. I mean, that's possible. But certainly there were a lot of votes out there that we could get because we're now just coming into what they call Trump territory. I don't know what you call it, but these were friendly Trump voters. And that could be overturned. The gentleman that called it, I watched tonight. He said, well, we think it's fairly unlikely that he could catch. Well, fairly unlikely. <laughs> and we don't even need it. We don't need that. That was just a state that if we would have gotten it, it would have been nice, Arizona. But there's a possibility, maybe even a good possibility. In fact, since I saw that originally, it's been changed, and the numbers have substantially come down just in a small amount of votes. So we want that, obviously, to stay in play. But most importantly, we're winning Pennsylvania by a tremendous It's not like, oh, it's close. With 64% of the vote in, it's going to be almost impossible to catch. And we're coming into good Pennsylvania areas where they happen to like your president. So we'll probably expand that. Uh, we're winning Michigan. I'll tell you, I looked at the numbers. I said, whoa. I looked, I said, by almost 300,000 votes, yeah. and 65% of the voters in it. And we're winning Wisconsin. And I said, we're winning. We don't need all of them. We need, because when you add Texas in, which wasn't added, I spoke with the really wonderful governor of Texas just a little while ago, and Greg Abbott, he said, uh, congratulations. He called me to congratulate me on winning Texas. I mean, we won Texas. I don't think they finished quite the tabulation, but there's no way. And uh, it was almost complete, but he congratulated me. Then he said, by the way, what's going on? I've never seen anything like this. Can I tell you what? Nobody has. So we won by 107,000 votes with 81% of the vote. That's Michigan. So when you take those three states in particular, and you take all of the others. I mean, we have, we have so many. We had such a big night. You just take a look at all of these states that we've won tonight. And then you take a look at the kind of margins that we've won by. 
And, and all of a sudden, it's not like we're up 12 votes and we have 60% left. We won states, and all of a sudden, I said, what happened to the election? It's off. And we have all these announcers saying, what happened? And then they said, oh, because you know what happened? They knew they couldn't win, so they said, let's go to court. And did I predict this, Newt? Did I say this? I've been saying this from the day I heard they were going to send out tens of millions of ballots. I said exactly because either they were going to win or if they didn't win, they'll take us to court. So Florida was a tremendous victory. 377,000. Texas, as we said. Ohio. Look at this. Ohio, a tremendous state, a big state. I love Ohio. We won by 8.1%, 460,000. Almost 500,000 votes. North Carolina, big victory with North Carolina. And so we won there. We lead by 76,000 votes with almost nothing left. And all of a sudden, everything just stopped. This is a fraud on the American public. This is an embarrassment to our country. We were getting ready to win this election. Frankly, we did win this election. So our goal now is to ensure the integrity for the good of this nation. This is a very big moment. This is a major fraud in our nation. We want the law to be used in a proper manner. So we'll be going to the U.S. Supreme Court. We want all voting to stop. We don't want them to find any ballots at 4 o'clock in the morning and add them to the list. Okay? It's, it's a very sad... It's a very sad moment. To me, this is a very sad moment. And we will win this. And we, as far as I'm concerned, we already have. So I just want to thank you, and I want to thank all of our support. I want to thank all of the people that worked with us, and uh, Mr. Vice President. All right. Hey, Kurt, there he goes. Uh, he, The vice president is uh, what he has next or whatever else. Do you want to uh, hear that piece, or should we talk about the president first? It's a pretty short little piece, and I think it... Uh, yeah, so know, let's talk about the little, president, and then we'll play know, the topic. vice president's piece. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so uh, in my opinion, I uh, understand and agree with this point that, hey, you know what? They're committing a fraud on the nation. He's right. We've never seen anything like this ever that the vote has just, like, stopped. It doesn't make any sense. We've never seen anything like this before, ever, that I know of in our nation, Kurt, ever. And why would that happen now? When President Trump predicted this was going to be a fiasco and they went, ah, President Trump's goofy, he won't accept the election results. Um, he said ballots would be a scandal, that you couldn't trust the post office to deliver it. And they said, oh, you don't even know what you're talking about, Trump. We've got this. There's no evidence whatsoever of what you say, President Trump. That's what the mainstream press said as they lied and said President Trump uh, had a 15-point deficit to Joe Biden. Now the opposite seems to be factual. 
Their credibility in the media is absolutely at crisis levels, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely crisis levels. Now, President Trump said the ballots would be a problem, that the post office would not be able to handle it. Here's the latest USA Today headline. You ready, Kurt? The U.S. Postal Service blew a court-ordered deadline on Tuesday. To do what? To sweep mail processing facilities in more than a dozen states, Kurt. That's 25% of the nation, at least statewide, right? For what? Missing election ballots that could number into the hundreds of thousands of ballots. U.S. District Court Judge Emmett Sullivan in Washington ordered the sweep Tuesday morning after the Postal Service said that its delivery performance had dropped over the last five days and could not say whether the more than 300,000 ballots received in its facilities have even been delivered. So, Kurt, you got a situation where President Trump said, hey, the post office can't handle this. The mail-in voting will be a fiasco. It'll be a disaster. The mainstream press mocks him and says, you're 15 points down. Forget it. You've already lost. Turns out that President Trump is winning everywhere. In an unprecedented move, election counting just literally stopped at about 10, 30, 11 p.m. Mountain time last night. The post office now receiving a court order to stop everything and sweep and find these ballots. They say, we can't do it. We don't have time. Over 300,000 ballots plus in the ballot balance or more. Do you want to respond to this? When President Trump has said these things, I don't know what more you could get than USA Today reporting that a court order says, hey, man, post office, you better get your act together on this thing. And the post office says we can't, just can't do it. Could you ask for more evidence in Trump's favor, Kurt, when the mainstream press says he's down like 15 points everywhere and now he's up and poised to win? And then they stop all the vote counting unprecedented. And now the post office had to have a court order to find missing ballots to the tune of hundreds of thousands of ballots, Kurt. Do you want to respond to this one? Well, um, I think the president's right on target with what he's had to say. And, uh, you know, I waited uh, for that announcement and uh, watched it live and uh I think he was right on target. I watched a number of different, uh, you know, I went from CBS to NBC to ABC to uh, Right Side Broadcasting. Um, you know, Western Journal had their team there. Uh, Breitbart had a team. You know, uh, Newsmax had a team. I was trying to watch as many as I could, you know, seeing the different um, numbers and things. And like you said, uh you know, somebody just basically uh, called a halt to it and said, hey, uh, I don't think we're really going to know the numbers until like Friday or Thursday. And that's that's like late Tuesday night or early Wednesday morning. Um, you know, there's no reason for that. There was reports that, uh, you know, some pipe broke in some place there in Georgia or something like that. And they One said voting said machines had a problem in Georgia. They said there was a software yep. glitch in Georgia. There was a pipe broke in Georgia. There was a 
And again, this is software glitches, can't find ballots, post office problems, pipes break. Now you could say, well, Sam, you can't blame the pipe break. No, it's just so coincidental that, oh, golly, out of the whole state of Georgia, uh, the most Democrat district in uh, Atlanta, and then the pipe yeah. breaks, and oh, golly, what a coincidence, you know. And you could say, well, Sam, that was legitimate. Maybe so. I don't know. But what's not legitimate is, hey, Donald Trump's all wet on the vote fraud and on the mail. The, the post office can't handle it. Oh, Donald Trump's 15 points down. Oh, we're going to announce several states that Biden won and then have to retract ourselves. CNN got caught doing it and many others, but yet we can't announce the other states for Donald Trump. Uh, you can say one of these things might be a coincidence. The pipe might have really broke. I don't even know. But what I do know is this, all these things together are not a coincidence. This, hey, we're going to lose, so we're going to force it to the court's point President Trump is making is absolutely spot on. And how can you say President Trump uh, is with no evidence? That's what they want to repeat over and over and over. President Trump with no evidence says that, you know, the the post office can't handle the mail-in voting. That's not true. We've done it for years. We can handle it. And now you've literally got a court order for the post office to get their act together because they can't handle it. That's USA Today, folks, and a court order. This isn't just our opinion or Donald Trump or some whacked-out idea. The post office lost over 300,000 ballots, can't find them, court ordered to get it together and find them, and they say, we can't even do that. And then President Trump is crazy because he says the post office can't handle it. Turns out that he's spot-on right. Wow. Anyway, I wanted to break that down a little bit. I started out by saying I disagree with Trump uh, on a chunk of the speech, and I kind of do. Uh, and what I mean by that is to recount or re, um, what's the term to go over the different places that he's winning and stuff like that. When we don't have final totals, I appreciate that assessment because, hey, if they've stopped the counting, what gives? That's a wise point. Um, I don't want to go to the courts for this, though. I don't trust the courts. I don't want to go uh, debate this between the uh, popular vote and the electoral college. I, uh, what I want is clean votes. And I think we could have that if we could have counted the votes properly. But when the post office loses over 300,000 votes in one area to the point where they had to court order and USA Today reports on it saying, hey, there's a problem here. We've created the crisis that we have on our hands right now, folks. We lied and just said, oh, Trump doesn't have a clue. He's crazy, nutty, no evidence. But yet then the very thing that we knew would happen happened and now it's going to be forced to the courts. All right, uh, let's play President Mike or Vice President Mike Pence speech it was very short and i just wanted to kind of separate a little bit what donald talked about versus what mike pence talks about uh and and, and let mike pence kind of stand on his own his speech was very short but i think worth listening to as kurt wisely points out but on this president trump thing i i don't agree with you know hey we got to go to the courts to solve this you know president trump shouldn't need to go to the courts to solve this each state, by the way, we don't have a democratic republic, okay? Each state is a constitutional republic in and of itself. And each state needs to solve their election problems. We don't need the Supreme Court to decide. So that's the problem in America. We think that the weakest branch of government can become the strongest, the final say in everything. See, I don't agree with that. And we're going to leave it in the hands of, of people like Justice Roberts. Thank George Bush for this. Justice Roberts, the like of a single rope thug, is going to decide. Why not let the 50 republics solve their problems? But you know what? There's laws that says you've got to have the votes. You may not have to have an answer by election night, but you've got to have an answer within a reasonable period of time. I don't think we should leave it to the Supreme Court at all. I know that's where they're going to push it, but I reject that view. All right, here's uh, Vice President Mike Pence 
last night after President Trump spoke. He turned it over to the Vice President, Mr. Mike Pence. Thank you, Mr. President. I want to join you in, in thanking more than 60 million Americans who have already cast their vote for four more years for President Donald Trump. <laughs> While the votes continue to be counted, uh, we're going to remain vigilant, as the President said. Uh, the right to vote has been at the center of our democracy since the founding of this nation, and we're going to protect the integrity of the vote. But I really believe, with all my heart, with the extraordinary margins, Mr. President, that you've inspired in the states that you just described, uh, and the way that you launched this movement across the country to make America great again, uh, I truly do believe, as you do, that we are on the road to victory and we will make America great again, again. All right, there you have it. I think that they are on the road to victory. I think it'll take the Supreme Court to decide it. I think that's tragic and unnecessary, and it's not the way that I believe we should go about it at all. And I wish President Trump would highlight the way we should go about it. And it's to trust the 50 states, at least that way, um, their state sovereignty to some degree. And in the states, individuals and, and peoples can uh, encourage their elected officials to do what is right on this. If you push this as a Supreme Court, you'll literally have one or two or three swing people deciding the whole thing. And I'm not comfortable with that. It's sad that Mike Pence thinks we have a democracy, though, Kurt. He doesn't understand that after he swore an oath to the Republican. He's been serving under a constitutional republic for four years. Uh, he still thinks we have a democracy. So sad on the ignorance there. Nevertheless, I digress. I find this interesting that we're going to try to push this to the courts. Really, a President Trump kind of at the urging of that even. Kurt, you want to respond to that? Well, I, I believe that the president was uh, very measured in his uh, speech. Uh, he had the data. He had the facts. He carefully watched and looked at all the numbers, and he has a right and a reason for exactly the words that he said. I think that he's uh, right on target. He's not out of control. He's not, you know, as some of the, uh, I watched several of the, you know, places, ABC, NBC, CBS, after, you know, his announcement, you know, saying stuff like, oh, you know, he's calling out the dogs. He's, you know, uh, you know, uh, doing the dog whistle or whatever in other words saying that to his supporters going you know fight this or do that i you know i think he was very uh under the circumstances very very controlled and uh, very presidential and, i can, uh, i agree with that you know he he uh he just said look you know um you know i told you this was gonna happen um uh, and now we're seeing it um you know and um, I think uh, you know, the Democrats have used the courts um, so well for so long, and um, you know, and that's what typically is the, uh, I guess you could say, the area of last resort. And um, you know, when he says uh, we're going to the Supreme Court, I think he's got to, you know, get these places, uh, you know, out of that are out of control, um, you know, to uh, at least recognize the courts and to say look uh, you're right this is wrong uh, you know we got to not uh, keep finding votes and I mean we've seen it happen in California last time Sam it was like 
three different congressmen, uh, uh, if I remember right, or even more, that had been elected uh, Republicans just as they continued to vote. They lost those battles. And, uh, you know, the Democrats continued to find them in, you know, Yeah, vote early, vote late, vote often is the way it went down, huh? It's just crazy, man. I agree uh, completely. And my only point, though, is that I don't want the Supreme Court, I don't want a very few robe thugs at the very top that they pretend are not political, but that are very political indeed, making the decision. I believe in kind of the Tenth Amendment idea where, you know what, we need to step back and realize we're not a democracy. We have 50 constitutional republics here, and there's the states that can decide their own, and there's also the electoral college. Let's talk about it. Exposing corruption. Informing citizens. Pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. The 2020 presidential election is still undetermined at this hour. The voting is too close to call in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Nevada, North Carolina, and Georgia. Unofficially, it looks as if the Republicans will hold a majority of the Senate, while Democrats will still hold the House. Oregon passes legalizing magic mushrooms as a form of mental health measures. District of Columbia essentially dropped the hallucinogenic to the lowest level of police priorities. Voters in New Jersey, Arizona, and South Dakota passed measures to legalize recreational marijuana. Florida voted in a minimum wage of $15 an hour by 2026. Mississippi voters approved a new flag for the state, featuring a magnolia flower with the statement, In God We Trust. Thursday night football tomorrow has Green Bay traveling to San Francisco, 8.20 p.m. Eastern on Fox. USA Radio News. Balance of nature is fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. I've been taking vitamins off and on my whole adult life, and I've never seen any change. Not like this, not since I've been on balance of nature. I used to take prescription medication for uh, muscle aches and stuff. I don't take that anymore. I wish I would have started it back when I first heard about it on the radio. And if I can give Balance of Nature any advice, keep it out on the radio because I still hear these commercials from time to time, and I'm thinking, you know, you people need to listen up. I mean, I'm over 50, and, you know, your body starts wearing down. But Balance of Nature has literally changed my life. It really has. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code USA. There is still no call in the presidential election at this hour. In other news, a Palestinian motorist fired a pistol at Israeli soldiers in the occupied West Bank on Wednesday and was killed by them, a military spokesman said. Palestinians identify the dead man as an officer in their security forces. While there is no Israeli casualties in the incident at a roadside military position near the Palestinian city of Nablus, a Palestinian security officer identified a preventative security service officer and resident of a village outside Nablus as the man killed in the altercation. As Tropical Storm Eta continues to cause heavy rainfall and flooding in Central America, the storm could make a loop and head back into the Caribbean, with some projections having it heading towards South Florida. We'll know more in the coming days. The slow-moving storm has weakened, but a possible threat continues to be rainfall over Central Florida. NASCAR's season finale 500 invades Phoenix 3 p.m. Sunday on Fox. This is USA Radio News. 
with news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, let's talk a little bit about the Electric College, ladies and gentlemen. I think this is instructive at this point in our history. Um, You know what? Back in the day, 1787, uh, you know, some delegates wanted the Congress to pick the president, and others said, no, we need to leave it to a popular vote. It was kind of a compromise. The idea really is that we don't want to just have one democracy-style decision here. We don't want the people just to decide because what happens is it rewards the big cities and the big states way too much. And the founders understood that it isn't about being disenfranchised because of big city power or big city monopoly. And so the founding fathers in everything they put together, this is what's so brilliant about the founders and their understanding of the proper role of limited constitutional government, understanding that we're a constitutional republic. And that is, they said, you know what? We don't want the big states to just have control or the big cities to just overrule all state. Let's have a compromise. Let's have a plan where there's a check and a balance. And so the Electric College, Kurt, although it's uh, absolutely assaulted in modern times where they say, oh, it was a compromise. It was just a backhanded way to whatever. And But no, that's not true. It was designed as an incredible check and balance to make sure that it was a fair, just like we have multiple congressmen from a state, but only two senators from every state. Just as we have the popular vote, we have the electric college uh, vote, which the design is a check and balance on raw power, on the big states and the big cities and the population centers uh, being too powerful. And this was a rollback of that. And that's why I'm not recommending the Supreme Court. Look, Kurt, if you can't leave it up to the electric college and or to the states, taking into account the popular vote, Uh, that check and balance needs to work. What we don't need is to circumvent all the checks and balances and put it in the hands of a couple of robed judges at the top. So that's my take. And I agree with you. I don't think President Trump is necessarily saying we want to go to court. He's merely saying we might have to go to court. I think there's better ways to resolve this than to go into the Supreme Court and having a few robed judges solve this. I think relying on the states, the constitutional republics, relying on the electoral college and relying on the checks and balances that the founding fathers so wisely put in place would be the better road traveled. Just my two cents. Kurt, anything more on that? Well, um, there's what they call uh, faithless um, electro- electors as well. Uh, you have apparently, as way as I understand it, uh, 14 of the 50 states have uh, rules that say that, hey, if you're uh, an elector, one of their uh, chosen electoral ballot or electoral college uh, participants, then you must vote the way the uh, popular vote went in the states. But, you know, if you look at that yeah. number, that that's 14 states. So that means there's 36 states where that's not the case. So let's just say the numbers are pretty close, uh, you know, like 280 to 260 or something like that. Um, well, then there's going to be a whole bunch of... Um, if you will, uh, and we saw this last time, uh, efforts to try to get them, uh, get those electors to, you know, basically uh, go against what their state um, voted as. Yeah, and, you're uh, right. And I, this is I where, though, in that, modern uh, times, being a big possibility. This is in modern times where they've obliterated that intelligence and that check and balance that was in the system. They basically tried to de de 
Fang, the Electra College, by saying, hey, it just needs to mirror the popular vote, making it inert, if you will, or, or you know, um, where it doesn't have any power or authority or any check on the popular, the democracy style, the democratic style uh, voting portion of our constitutional republic. So you're right about this. This is where they've weakened that check and balance that I that I so fondly speak of, Kurt. Well, that's correct, Sam. Anyway, it's a sad tale to tell, but I really don't want it to be. What do you think will happen if the judges get a hold of it? Well, it kind of depends on what it is that we're talking about. If we're talking Whatever about we're going these to court for. individual little, uh, each different little issue, you know, uh, Pennsylvania saying, hey, uh, you know, we can... We can allow those votes to come in for 12 days more, or uh, then there's the president saying, hey, we don't want any more new votes added. Uh, you know, there's there's all this kind of stuff, and there's all these little issues, and that's where, uh, you know, um, we're in trouble when we have, uh, you know, wicked judges and lawyers, um, you know. Amen to that reality, and that's why I really want to be careful of the wicked judges not give them too much power. I, I feel much more comfortable, even if they've defanged the Electoral College by modern times mirroring the popular vote dishonesty. I say dishonesty because it's supposed to be a check and balance. It's supposed to put a, a rein in on the popular vote kind of a thing. That was the intent to give the small states a little bit more of an equal-weighted reality. Uh, on things. Uh, so it's a sad tale to tell. I agree with Kurt. It depends on what comes up to the courts on how it'll go. But I know this. I'm not comfortable with where we're sitting right now at all. And, and even though Trump thinks he won and claims, hey, for all intents and purposes, we won, I would say not so fast. Stuart Rhodes last night on the broadcast, uh, our six-hour live election coverage broadcast, pointed out the shenanigans are beginning. In other words, he's saying, hey, their vote fraud is, is underway. And the longer it takes to get an answer, Kurt, the greater chance for vote fraud. Well, the only thing is, or I'll disagree there, is that um, when the president says uh, that he won, I think he'd win in a fair fight, in a fair uh, uh, election. <laughs> when, when have we ever seen him stop counting the votes uh, before? Um, and yet, um, you know, they're just telling him, hey, you know, come come back later you know after we get a chance to work on uh, these ballots and that kind of thing you know basically they're just signaling that uh, hey there's shen uh, shenanigans even more going on big time and uh, you know and that's that's the problem uh, yeah that's from an opinion point of view problem. i completely a thousand percent agree with you and the president i agree from a factual point of view they've prevented documenting a winner from a factual point of view at this point and it's uh it's up for grabs right now due to their shenanigans i will say this though the republicans uh got closer uh what in the house kurt they they hold more house seats than they held before but they didn't take over the house right as far as i know those aren't even finished up either um you know and uh <laughs> and just like i mentioned earlier uh we saw this happen in california where they do all this ballot harvesting, you know, the Republicans had won several, uh, this is back in 18, if I remember right, uh, they had won uh, several, um, you know, that were kind of surprising or whatever, and then the, uh, you know, the days just kept 
going on and they kept finding more ballots and uh, hey they lost them uh, and that's exactly the plan um, now I believe is uh, you know they want to have quote calmer heads prevail so then uh, you know the end justifies the means and we'll we'll make sure that the numbers work out right and and uh, you know the president's gone and Biden is uh, you know, listed as the winner. So what do you think is going to happen at the end of the day, with or without the courts, with or without the electoral college, with or without the sovereign states that I mentioned, uh, determining things at the end of the day, depending on, you know, which goes, which items go to court, as you wisely point out. And I agree with all that. At the end of the day, do you think that they're going to be able to uh, change the results of the election and that Biden will be in and uh, President Trump will be out? Or do you think that President Trump will eventually prevail? At the end of what day? You mean at the end of this whole thing? Yeah. When somehow we get told. At some I mean, point in January at, 2021, at, there's going to be an inauguration, Kurt. Right? Well, I agree with that. Who do you think uh, will be inaugurated so, at some point? Okay, so that's your question. Because you look back at 2016, uh, in some people's minds, there's not been an end of the day. They Good still point. think Great that the point. president has been a, an illegal occupant of the White House. Wow, um, you're right. They still believe that. So, you know, um, it just kind of depends on <laughs> what your real question Kurt is Kurt speaks uh, of an unfortunate truism. Huh, Kurt? Well, that's the way we see it, and that's why you have this um, big division, um, you know, that's just massive in America. Um, and, um, and I believe they've made I, that division happen know. on purpose, Kurt. I don't think it's, it's but, by accident you, or uh, whatever, or just by happenstance. I think it's intentional. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's uh contention is of the devil and it's intended by his, uh, advocates to, uh, he likes to stir it up. But if your question is, do I think the president will remain the president? I do. Pray you're right, sir. Even, even, even after uh, all these different things, uh, he's a fighter, and it's not just like he's doing this all by himself. Even through all this last four years, uh, with massive, massive, um, you know, establishment media uh, taking him on, and all these things, he's still around. I think he's well. Just I pray the president there. prevails. I pray you're right, but I'm telling you right now, the nation's going to pot. Literally, we'll talk about it. Liberty Roundtable Live. Do we reflect about our future and where we as a culture are moving? Do we keep our trust in our jobs, homes, money, life necessities, investments, stock markets? Do we believe that our 401ks or other retirements will always be there and that the current economic order will recover? Is the economy going to recover and life return to normal? It ain't gonna happen by a friend of Medjugorje. Whether you are poor, middle class, or rich, it ain't gonna happen. A book of astounding revelations about the present economic order and where we are heading. It ain't gonna happen by a friend of Medjugorje. To order, visit medj.com, spelled M-E-J.com, or call Caritas in the U.S., 205-672-2000, 
why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. All right, so people are asking what's next, ladies and gentlemen. The Tenth Amendment Center, especially. I find this kind of an interesting tidbit here. Tenth Amendment Center getting bold. Hello, they say. An elective despotism was not the government we fought for. Thomas Jefferson notes on the state of Virginia, 1784. As I write this, it's just after 2 a.m. Eastern time. Election night. Like you, I don't know who won yet, but what I do know is this. No matter what happens with the counting, at the end of the day, we're still facing the largest government in the history of the world. I don't say that lightly. When it comes to spending, for example, the so-called federal government in Washington, D.C. spends nearly double what China does. And it spends almost eight times per capita than China's socialist state under the people's democratic, remember that word, democratic dictatorship. This is nothing like the government James Madison told us would have powers that are, quote, few and defined, not even close. Richard Henry Lee, in a letter to Samuel Adams on October 5th, 1787, might have the best view of the long-term problems that we're facing in America today. I suppose, my dear sir, that the good people of the states in their late generous contest contended for free government in the fullest, clearest, and strongest sense that they had no idea of being brought under despotic rule under the notion of, quote, strong government or in form of elect despotism. Chains being still chains, whether they be made of gold or iron. Anyway, then uh, Michael goes on and says, when I started the 10th Amendment Center back in 2006, a lot of people, establishment Republicans, pundits on the right, they all attacked the idea of uh, opposing unconstitutional acts from the Bush administration. Hey, move to Cuba if you don't like it, they would say. But our opposition continues, and wisely so. So the Michael Bolden 10th Amendment Center is saying, what's next? Their response, Kurt, is nullify, nullify, and nullify some more. Um, 
basically saying the states need to simply roll back the out-of-control Fed. And I agree on one hand, but I don't agree that state power is the answer to federal overreach. I believe we need to roll back all levels of government. Kurt, do you want to respond to that? What? Respond to if we need to roll back all levels of government? Yeah, or the, I you mean, know, the nullify, nullify, nullify. He would, uh, yeah. Michael Bolden would be saying, hey, just all we got to do is have states assert themselves. And I, I'm not so sure that's the answer either. Well, you kind of just said that earlier with your, uh, you know, suggestion that we not go to the courts, that they, you know, got to recognize that each one's an, uh, a republic. Um, and uh, so in, in some, at least in those words, you pretty much agreed with him. Uh, but um, I, I don't know what else to really add. Well, I agree with that. him on, on this idea that the states have the electric college at their fingertips and that they should exercise that authority, which they do have. That doesn't mean that I agree that we should just have the states nullify, 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 and that's the answer, giving the states uh, unequal power. There's a big difference in using the states that have authority for certain things, constitutionally speaking, versus just passing it all to the states, right? All right. So one is kind of the whole shooting match. The answer is always push it to the states, let them nullify, let the states gain control. Another example is a narrow view of this election cycle saying, hey, the states do have some authority via the Electoral College here. So I guess what I'm saying is I, I, I agree partially with his point, and that's why I'm asking what you think. Well, I think Michael's right. Right. Well, about the least about that we have a way too much spending and way too much government. I think that's um, easy to agree with. Trump boldly declares we did win this election. WND.com with that piece. Mm-hmm. Now, Georgia's results from the 2020 presidential election were delayed on Tuesday after a pipe burst in the room containing mail-in ballots from Fulton County. That's the largest county in Georgia with, they say covering the state's capital of Atlanta, but really what they should say is containing the strongest Democratic stronghold of the state, if you will. So I don't know how to respond to that, really, except for that's one problem. The other problem is a Georgia county is experiencing a, quote, glitch in its voting machines. On elections day, numerous sources reported. Can all these problems really happen in Georgia, Kurt? Really? Well, they can if you, you know, set them up. And uh, I think that's going on, you know. Like, for example, you've got, um, like, right now you can be uh, watching the... uh, Live vote counting in uh, Philadelphia. You know, they've got the Philadelphia City Commissioner's live stream. Now, the thing is, I sure don't see any vote watchers or, you know, whatever. But all these guys are there. And what it looks like is a whole bunch of different computers and a whole bunch of different mailboxes um, or, you know, kind of trays of things, uh, you know, of all the ballots, I guess. And. They're scanning them and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, this is the place where they said they had to kind of send them home last night because it was too late. But, you know, they're back uh, working on it this morning. And, you know, you just you just hope <laughs> that, uh, you know, 
there be some honesty and integrity in the vote. But, uh, you know, a big part of me says, well, you know, uh, people busting up buildings and stealing things and breaking down, uh, you know, burning cop cars and burning buildings and stuff like that, you know, it's not something outrageous to think that they would, uh, you know, just put their finger on the scale, you know, and fudge the numbers. And, and uh, in those big places like that, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and, you know, these other places, that's why I think the president pointing out that it was so important that they had big turnouts in the other places and huge margins of victories, uh, you know, uh, that that was a key. And when he says we're not like 12 ballots up, you know, or whatever, and, you know, it's true, and yet I still don't put it past them to say that uh, they won't stoop about as low as possible to, uh, you know, win uh, or steal the election is what I'd say. Now, there was some rioting and <clears throat> some helmeted thugs rolling down D.C. a little bit. And there was some people with baseball bats getting out of control in D.C. There was a little bit of that. But one of the things that I'm grateful for, Kurt, is they predicted riots all over the country. And I think there was a whole lot less violence and rioting than they predicted would happen. That's good news, too. Well, there's one part about uh, delaying the uh, election results that might be a good reason to do it. Yeah, and the silver that lining is here. That part of it. Um, you know, because if you don't. Um, you know, um, report the results. And if they just kind of trickle in, especially, at least in my opinion, if they were really honest and uh, truthful, then they could trickle in and uh, you'd, you'd kind of disseminate some of this uh, pent-up, uh, you know, crazy stuff that goes on. And maybe there wouldn't be the havoc happening about it, you know, possibly. Yeah, do you think we'll have answers by Thanksgiving, Kurt? In other words, uh, you know, at some point it's going to be decided whether some accept the election or not four years later is a different discussion. But at some point they're going to declare a winner, whether it be the legitimate winner or not, you know, can be debated and argued by many. But at the end of the day, uh, they're going to have an inauguration of somebody, either the president will retain or uh, Joe Biden will step up, one of the two. And so do you think by Thanksgiving they'll have an official decision or do you think it'll even drag on beyond that? What do you what do you expect? Do you think it's a few day delay or do you think it's a serious long delay you know i uh i hope for a short uh period uh but um i won't be surprised if uh, if it's a long time sam sadly it wouldn't surprise me if it's a long time either uh, i pray that that doesn't happen though because i believe that uh like I say, the longer the delay, I think the greater chance of f fraud and shenanigans. Uh, do you think that's true, Kurt? Do you think the longer the delay, the greater chance of, of uh, dishonesty there can be? Well, yeah, the longer you, uh, you know, just watch the movie uh, um, Battle of Athens, and you'll see that the longer there's uh, no victor and there's uh, more chance for shenanigans to happen, the... Uh, you know, bad guys keep working to, uh, you know, keep counting till we win. You know, that kind of thing. 
Sad but true, ladies and gentlemen. It is a sad day in America, though, when we have so much anger, so much hatred, so much mistrust, so much, um, I don't know what words to use, unwillingness to uh, accept election results, so much desire to by hook or by crook or whatever you want to say, by criminal intent or whatever else, to, to literally change the outcome of an election to never accept the results, uh, even so. And it's hard to say if we were on the other side, if Joe Biden wins and they claim it's legitimate, electric college and or uh, popular voter both, you know, are we going to not accept the results and say that it was vote fraud? See, the problem in America, Kurt, in my mind, is they've created a system where you just can't trust the results. You just can't trust what they're doing. And Lowell Nelson uh, on the radio, campaignforliberty.org, last night, in our election coverage, six-hour marathon fundraising, loving liberty, I mean, libertynewsradio.com, donate today. Um, in that, Kurt, he highlighted what contortions ballots have to go through now. And when you look at how many places the ballots go and how many things are done to them and how many people are involved and how many, um, you know, scans and double counts and uh, sorting them into piles and weighing them and doing all these things. At first, it might give you an idea that, mm, you know, they're really getting to the bottom of it. They're double and triple checking it twice like Santa Claus, kind of an idea. But you know what? The more uh, contortions the ballots go through, the less faith I have. And they've created an American out of where we, I just don't have any faith at all in the voting anymore. I don't mean to be so negative and so mistrusting. I know that's a core part of our constitutional republic. I get it. It's a serious, serious, serious matter. But it's gotten to where it's so jaded, so confused now. I don't know how anybody can trust it, no matter what they claim happens. Anyway, very concerning. Becky Akers is going to join us next hour. She's an anarchist. She doesn't really believe we need any of this government stuff. So it'll be interesting to hear her take uh, on the elections, Kurt. See what she thinks about it all, huh? Very good point. And then there's an interesting article that I think is worthy of discussion that tries to bring people together. And I'm a little bit shocked that the mainstream press is doing that, but good for them for a change. We'll talk about that, too, coming up. Ladies and gentlemen, this election uh, is serious. And all I can say is this. My prayers are that we're peaceful and nonviolent, that we accept peaceful transfer of power, and most importantly, that we can come together around the greatness that America used to be and that we can preserve her greatness for generations to come. That's my prayer. God save the republic. Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, Kirk Crosby, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the network refused to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for November the 4th in the year of our Lord, 2020. This is our two of two, and our goal is to promote God, family, and country, and to protect life, liberty, and property. We were live yesterday morning for two hours. We were live with election coverage six hours last night. We're now live again, hour two, hour one. We talked about President Donald Trump delivers remarks on election night. President Trump says, hey, there's a big fraud going on in our country. Trump boldly declares he did win this election. 
The U.S. Postal Service now making what President Trump says valid. Hey, you know what? I guess the post office, the U.S. Postal Service blew a court-ordered deadline to find ballots. They've lost hundreds of thousands of ballots, and they can't recover. President Trump predicted kind of a situation like this. They mocked him at the time. They then said President Trump was down 15 points in all polls, pretty much. That was proven false. The people who lost last night, in my opinion, are the credibility of the mainstream press. I'll tell you that right now. Georgia, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) I guess they had a presidential delay, presidential election delay. Uh, Results of the 2020 elections were delayed because they had a pipe break in Georgia. Just coincidentally, right in the heart of Democratic District in Atlanta there now. They also had a Georgia County have problems with vote machines. They had to stop. They said all voting machines in the county are down. Ladies and gentlemen, um, at some point you can say, Sam, how do you know about each one of these things? You weren't there. Well, you're right, but I also know this. Everything like this can't be a coincidence. Everything can't be just like, oh, golly, we're just honest on the up and ups. But, oh, man, in every single Democratic stronghold, they're just having little glitches everywhere and a little trouble. They just can't get a handle on it. But it's always in the Democratic strongholds. It's always in the inner city. It's always a, also oh, Pennsylvania, Philly, uh, whoops, um, Georgia, Atlanta. Oh, my goodness, man, a pipe burst. Thank heavens it didn't get any ballots wet there, you know. And, and they go on and on and on and on and on to the point where, folks, they have lost all credibility as the problem. Trust is becoming at an all-time low. And that's the real problem in America. Kirk Crosby's with me. Welcome, sir. Buenos dias. Uh, greetings and salutations. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thank you, Sam. You're very welcome. Becky Akers with us, and I'm delighted to get her input on this this morning. Becky Akers is an author of two books, one called Hailstorm about Nathan Hale, incredible book. The other one called Abducting Arnold at the Other Side of the Benedict Arnold Story. You probably haven't heard. Incredible. New novels by them before they're banned. Uh, that's who she is, an author. She writes on the TSA and the shenanigans that go on there and more. Uh, and um, the other thing about Becky you need to know is she's an anarchist. And I don't mean she's an anarchist like she wants to just run around and destroy property. And Okay, those people are, are law-breaking evil folks. Anarchist in the traditional sense, not the modern manipulated term, but the traditional sense just simply means, hey, I don't believe government to be legitimate. I don't believe that government can maintain its proper authority and power in a minimized, controlled way. Government always, always builds the fire so big it goes outside of the fireplace and destroys everything in its wake, everything in its path. And therefore, we don't believe in government being the solution. We believe in private sector answers private contracts, private associations, free associations to solve the problem of cooperation and organization in society. And so her anarchist views are peaceful in nature. They just simply believe there's better ways than government to skin the cat. And in modern times, it's pretty hard to argue against her points. I will have to give her that. Uh, Is that a good summary, Becky? I I know I summarize this a lot, but I really want people to understand that. I think it's an important distinction to be made. Yes, Sam, you've summarized it accurately, and I thank you for that. Um, It is an important distinction, and it's also very biblical. Um, A lot of churches only consider Romans 13, um, and they misinterpret it at that, and they come away from that passage saying, oh, we have to obey everything any government official says, any kind of defiance is wrong, et cetera, et cetera. 
If you look at the rest of Scripture, such as Psalm 2, where the Lord says he sits and laughs at political governments, he laughs at politicians and bureaucrats. If you look at passages like Judges 9, where a fable is told that shows what government really is, useless and harmful. It sets everything on fire. It was a good analogy you used there, Sam, very scriptural about government being a fire. If you look at 1 Samuel 8, where the Lord warns Israel, you don't want a king. Here's how a king, which at that point was a a synonym for political government, here's what a king is going to do to you and how he's going to abuse you. He's going to tax you. He's going to take all your wealth. He's going to enslave your children. He's going to impoverish you. The Lord goes on and on and warns Israel, you don't want a government. And people don't listen. And they don't listen today either. And preachers who should be preaching the word of God also don't listen. But yes, anarchy says no political government in a world full of fallen sinners to empower one set of fallen sinners over everybody else is morally wrong. And it also says the private sector can do anything government can do far more efficiently and without stealing money. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. And I, believe it or not, at the Red Pill Expo, found another anarchist uh, as well that believes a lot along the lines of Becky Akers. Uh, he's very, very, very um, well-versed. Uh, in uh, this form of government by the people. It's not really government at all, but I say form of government because in the absence of government, it takes its place. What it really is uh, is self-government and government by free association to ensure that nothing gains more power uh, than the individual. Is that a fair statement as well? Yes, and as, as long as we rely on political government to do for us what we should be doing for ourselves, We are going to have to put up with utter immorality, corruption, cruelty, oppression. And you made a wonderful point, Sam, when you said government can't ever stay within its bounds. It never has in the history of the world. Uh, We had the best shot at doing that in America. We have a constitution. Early on, we had a populace that understood and was devoted to freedom. That has completely changed over the last hundred years. Now most Americans are reflexively Marxist. And Sam they vote themselves week, largesque from the Treasury with reckless abandon. That's absolutely correct. And I think this election proves it. Trump should not only win, he should have won in a landslide. And I don't say that because I'm a fan of his. I love his patriotism. He's obviously in love with this country. Uh, He's done some good things. He's done a lot of bad things. A lot of his policies, like his tariffs, have been absolutely destructive. His response to COVID-19 and the uh, the whole fake pandemic, um, that was disgraceful. Um, He should have come out early on and disputed the lies and told everybody, we're not going to panic over the flu. Come on. We're not going to impose laws that you can't work. We're not going to ruin the economy over this. I'm not a fan of Trump, but compared to the two outright avowed Marxists on the other side, Kamala Harris and Biden, Trump and Pence are the only rational response. So for there to be a close call, for there to be states that are in dispute, this 
Sam, I just look around and I think, is it possible that we live in a country? I mean, I know there are a lot of really stupid people out there, but is it possible half the country is beyond redemption and morons? All right. I wouldn't say they're beyond redemption and I wouldn't say they're morons. I would say they're absolutely wrong uh, in their voting them in voting socialism. But here's here's what I think is really at the core. They watched cities burn. We all did. And they still voted for the party that said, this is a great thing. We need to address systemic racism. Let's burn down American cities. And half the public is out there saying, it's a great idea. Let's burn them all down. Well, and this is where I think the separation is. What I think we've got is, uh, and I want Kurt to chime in on this, and you're saying that Trump should have won. You're not even really for elections. And so it's interesting that you say Trump should win. Uh, you're talking mm-hmm. about the morality and the people and the difference in what their ideologies and belief systems are and their focus. Uh, but here's what I think is the problem. And, Becky, let me just lay this out, and then you and Kurt can speak and see, you know, correct me where you think I err. Uh, okay, so don't just go along mm-hmm. to get, you know, say what you really think about this, okay? But here's my take. Uh, my take is that what we've done in America is we've failed to have a say in the media. We've let the media control our narrative. We've let the media lie to us and manipulate us to the point um, almost of no return unless we do something about it. Now, I put my money where my mouth is, and I'm in the media and have been so for over 25 years, by the way. Uh, but I have, and the media realize one thing. He who owns the media makes the rules. And what that means is he who owns the media really controls the narrative. And what they've done is lie to the American people to the point where the American people just do not have a grasp on reality anymore. They don't have a grasp on the truth. So when you say, hey, the Democratic Party is for this socialism and this destruction, they're believing that a few bad apples are doing the destruction. And the Democratic Party is still good and wonderful and righteous. And Joe's a peaceful gentleman and Donald Trump's a bully. And okay, they're believing this narrative that's a flat out dishonest, immoral lie straight from the pit of hell. And the media... In bed with government is the one that have created this narrative for so long now to where the American people just cannot separate themselves from that and understand reality. Reality is Ocasio-Cortez, Joe Biden. These people are flat out communists in socialist clothing. They're communists flat out. They have, uh, you know, this idea that they're the the party of love and kindness and service and gentleness. And we're going to take care of you. And, And the media has been so willing to carry that ball. To where, you know, it's almost hard to blame the public when they can't get the truth. And I have tried mightily to insert ourselves in the media to where we can actually have a true narrative go out. Take back the narrative from these people. But, man, it's hard. People won't even fund the media. When we get back, let's have Becky and Kurt discuss this. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. 
Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win, they lose. Nothing less. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm by a friend of Megagoria. The Strategy of Heaven Revealed. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm. Available on Amazon.com or by calling Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Liberty Roundtable on the Loving Liberty Radio Network. We appreciate that fact. Uh, we thank you for taking the time to be with us. And uh, one of our, uh, you know, continually, uh, well, generous guests is here from the uh, great state of New York, um, Becky Akers, and she has also... Uh, at least I've never heard of this, uh, but she came up with a little phrase, Kamila. Uh, I don't know, maybe she picked it up from somebody else, but I like that phrase for Kamala Harris, Amen. Uh, Kamila. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she has also said that, uh, you know, she feels like, based on all the numbers, that the uh, president should be, uh, he and uh, Vice President Pence should be uh, elected for another four years, even though she doesn't really uh, promote the whole idea of elections that much. Uh, um, when when it comes to um, where to go from there, Sam, I just want to just kick it back to uh, Becky then. Uh, go ahead, Becky. Uh, I would agree with your analysis, Sam, and thank you, Kurt. Um, I would agree with your analysis that the media is largely responsible for this. But there are other factors at play, and before the rise of, inter, of national and international media, before American media was consolidated into six, count them, six companies that have a monopoly pretty much on, uh, quote, mainstream news, um, Americans were still going communist. Okay, I mean, this goes back to World War One. When progressives first infiltrated this country and they convinced Americans, you're going to get something for nothing, it accelerated under FDR. Um, you know, there were a sizable number of folks who stood up against his tyranny, who stood up against his communism, who tried to uh, defy his Marxism, but he was openly Marxist. Um, I think I'm not positive about this. I think if you just uh, look for, for quotes from FDR on what a great guy Joe Stalin is, I mean, he was very above board about his admiration and affection for Joe Stalin at the height of Stalin's murders. Okay. I mean, this is astounding. 
And yet Americans continued to vote for this monster and put him into office four times. So I don't think it's just the media, Sam. I think it's fallen human nature. When you tell people, look, you can get your neighbor to pay your bills, they all fall for it. There's so much greed and so much envy in fallen human nature. When they hear a Marxist say, hey, that rich guy over there, he's your enemy. You know, you deserve the money he took from you. This is outrageous. It, clear back in the 1830s, Alexis de Tocqueville, the, the Frenchman who came here and toured the country, he was warning the French assembly at home about the dangers of communism. And he said it's a spiritual disease. It inculcates greed and envy. And those are not vices that any Christian nation should countenance. Well, that's what we've got today. After a hundred years of ceaseless progressive propaganda in this country, we have got a majority of Americans saying, hey, the rich, they need to be taken down. Now, there's some truth to that. When we look at corporate welfare and we look at the handouts that many companies get from the government and the monopolies the government grants, yes, we need to get rid of all that. That in itself is communist. But to sit there and say that an entrepreneur, especially small businessmen who usually aren't privy to all of the benefits from government that large corporations are, okay? When we look at small businessmen, to say that a guy who has busted his butt for 40 years and has amassed a small fortune of 4 or $5 million out of his own sweat, his own equity, his own effort, his own brains, to say that that man doesn't deserve it and we're going to take it away from him by force, this is this is straight from the pit of hell. And It is again, criminal. There's no doubt about that. Now, I would say this. I contrast the media because I agree with you that, you know what, the natural man is an enemy to God and it is self-debasing and, and, and is greedy and lustful and everything else. There's no doubt about all that. I contrast the modern-day media, which really controls the narrative in America to a great degree. Uh, and I contrast that with yesteryear and the founding fathers. They didn't really have near the media capabilities we have today. In fact, the media was uh, very minimal. I mean, it was newspaper-esque, and that's about it kind of a thing. And uh, But what we did have back in the day was the um, black-robed regiment. And what yeah. that was was preachers standing in the pulpit. That really was the media of the day for them. That was the bellwether of kind of who— um, got to articulate the narrative. And that's why I think, you know, uh, yes, people um, left to their own devices and the natural man will fall away from all things good and moral and honorable. Uh, but they had vanguards of the republic, if you will, people who would stand up in the pulpit and teach the principles of Christ. And when they would do so, then it would help people um, gravitate towards their better selves. And that doesn't mean we can save ourselves by any means. Don't misunderstand my point. But what I'm getting at is they had... Uh, those truth tellers, those those black robe regiment folks. And I'm not talking about black people. If you don't understand history, I'm talking about those who wore the robes of of being uh, Christian preachers. They really were the ones that kind of articulated and held folks to the narrative of Christ in kind of a revivalistic time. It was different, but they were the ones. Now we have just the opposite in the media. Does that mean that the media is solely responsible? Oh, you're no, of course not. You're right. However, I would say that they fan the flames. To Absolutely. no end. And, and we used to have the opposite with the Black Robe Regiment, Becky. 
Yes, you are absolutely correct in all of that, Sam. Um, we had a the founding generation completely understood the political philosophy of freedom and liberty. They understood that government is an enemy, that political government is something we need to watch like we would a rabid dog. We don't trust it. We don't let it loose among people. We certainly don't make the mistake of thinking it's our friend. That has completely reversed now. And yes, indeed, the media is largely responsible for that. I have been shocked and appalled at the outright propaganda. Now, I don't watch TV. I'm sure it's even worse there. But just listening to radio, just listening to NPR's news on the radio. And by the way, why are we, Sam, you are a competitor, so to speak, of NPR because you're doing the same thing. You're broadcasting news. Why are you compelled to pay NPR's bills? Why am Without I? Without a doubt, who, a fair point. Why am I, who radically disagrees with the outright communist propaganda that NPR routinely dishes out? Why am I forced to pay for it? Why is my next door neighbor, who can barely pay her own bill, forced to pay for NPR? What do we have this thing for? But at any rate, that's a digression. I am shocked at the. Marxist propaganda this morning on NPR, the announcer called Trump a liar, actually said, this is a false claim. The president is a liar. I, I sat there in total shock. It's like, I don't want your opinion. Thank you. Just read me the news. I turned into you because I want to know what is the outcome of last night's election, not because I want to hear your opinion and not because I want to hear you damn a patriot. Now, again, I'm not a Trump fan, but compared to the opposition, and thanks to the way that Democrats and Republicans have rigged this country, we don't have much choice. There are a couple of third parties that are able to surmount the incredible hurdles of fielding candidates. I don't mean to exclude them, but, you know, in the overall scheme of things, they don't attract very much attention because the media is dedicated to maintaining the Republic-Democrat monopoly. Um, so these two contenders, we've got two avowed Marxists. A woman who outright says we need to equalize outcome, and a guy at the the head who is so infirm and so dopey, he doesn't know what's going on, and it's obvious they're going to get rid of him and put Kamala Harris in charge of everything, okay? How can half the country say, yeah, you know, I think it'd be great to, to be Marxist. Great, great. It, all we have to do is look around the world to see what happens when communists are in power. The first thing that happens, and I've got news for all of you idiots out there that are voting for these two, you're going to be some of the very first people that understand what communism really is, because you know what? They go after their supporters first, and they kill them. And then they come after the intelligent folks. And they kill them. And they basically go along and keep killing people. Well, then I'm, I'm going to be okay, <laughs> Becky, because I'm not a supporter and uh, I lack intelligence. So, hey, I'm okay, you know. No. <laughs> no, <laughs> We're going to talk about it, ladies and gentlemen. we got a bunch of news the networks refuse to use straight ahead. We'll give Kurt a chance to chime in. Uh, we've also decided to embrace drugs in America big time, too. We'll talk about that coming up. And then there's actually an article of trying to bring people together that I support. We'll talk about that, too. Becky Akers on your radio, Kurt Crosby, and yours truly. Hang tight. Proclaiming liberty across the land.
You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pry. The presidential election is still close to call at this hour. Numerous states continue to count votes, and these states will determine if President Trump gets another four years or if the Bidens move into the White House. The deciding states are Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Nevada, North Carolina, and Georgia. Although it's still unofficial, it looks like the Senate and House of Representatives will continue holding the same powers they had before the election. Some of the state measures that passed Tuesday, Oregon passed legalizing magic mushrooms for medical purposes. District of Columbia essentially dropped the hallucinogenic to the lowest level of police priorities. Voters in New Jersey, Arizona, and South Dakota passed measures to legalize recreational marijuana. Florida voted in a minimum wage of $15 an hour by 2026. And Mississippi voters approved a new flag for the state featuring a magnolia flower with the statement, In God We Trust. USA Radio News. Balance of nature is fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. I had begun to notice after 10 days with balance of nature, I felt better, more energetic. And believe me, for me, that's something because I have energy anyway. But as old as I am, that was really something to start really noticing. You know, we're all responsible for choosing what our attitudes are, but I had a better mental outlook. I mean, I always try to be positive, but there were subtle things in me that I began to notice. I just felt a difference with this. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code USA. The presidential election is undetermined at this hour. USA Radio News Dan Naraki explains why. The most important states in the 2020 presidential election are still working to get through the influx of absentee and mail-in ballots. Thousands of ballots still remain to be counted in competitive states like Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Georgia. Officials in Wisconsin say they'll believe they'll have 100% of their mail-in ballots counted by early Wednesday morning. Absentee voting was delayed for several hours in Fulton County, Georgia, because of a broken water pipe at State Farm Arena in downtown Atlanta, where the county had set up operations. Counting was halted around 10 p.m. local time and will resume Wednesday morning. And it's possible we won't know who the winner in Pennsylvania is for several days. Processing of absentee ballots did not begin until Election Day, with eight counties saying they won't begin counting until Wednesday morning. Officials have estimated more than 2.5 million ballots have been mailed in in Pennsylvania. We are keeping a close eye on the numbers and will pass them along to you when available. USA Radio News. All right, I got a question I've been asking everybody all night long last night and today. Have you ever seen a time in your entire life, Becky Akers, where they've literally said, hey, you know what? We're just going to go home and not even continue counting ballots. It's like <laughs> 10 p.m. They used to stay up all night and count them and say, we'll get results as fast as we possibly can. And, you know, uh, election officials are working 24-7 to get the, you know, the, now they're just like at 10 p.m. We're, we're all gone home. The ballots are just going to stop. It's going to take weeks, possibly months before this thing gets resolved. Have you ever seen that in your entire life? No, no. But I've never seen many things about this election. Um, the media has been biased in favor of communists my entire life. But they have 
seldom been as blatant about it. In fact, I don't think ever has been as blatant. It, you know, and that's a measure of the contempt these people have for us. They think that we are such morons, we won't even notice that they are now shoveling propaganda openly. They don't even make a pretense of it being news anymore. They'll say they're a news station, but other than that, it's just sheer propaganda. So, no, Sam, I, I, I don't remember anything like this ever. I mean, we are very much degenerating into a communist banana republic. Speaking of degenerating, ladies and gentlemen, there's a couple of stories I want to bring to your headlines I want to bring to your attention, and then we'll talk about it. We're falling apart morally, and what we need is a whole lot less perverted socialist communist media controlling the narrative and a whole lot more black regiment American patriots in the pulpit, if you will. Uh, We also need good, honest new media taking center stage of people who will mirror the viewpoint of morality, the moral high ground that the black regiment uh, spoke so fondly of and is really, according to to Tocqueville and many others, the key to the success of the American experiment. But here's the headlines that you need to kind of digest and talk about here. First one says this. Oregon becomes first state to decriminalize hard drugs. D.C., that's Washington, D.C., approves magic mushrooms and psychedelics. New Jersey, Arizona, go recreational pot. Arizona voters approve marijuana legalization. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the government should prohibit these drugs per se. I'm not advocating for government power here. What I'm highlighting, though, is the desire for entertainment, the desire to... um, have blood and circus. The desire to escape reality mirrors the immorality in our nation. Kurt, then Becky. Well, um, you know, the, at least in my opinion, it just illustrates the uh, the rough spot we're in. Um, you know, if you talk about, uh, I mean, when I was a kid, uh, if you suggested that people... Um, couldn't get certain books or couldn't, uh, you know, uh, read certain books. They wouldn't be in the school library. Then you're some kind of a book burner. Uh, you're, uh, you know, for censoring people and, uh, withholding information from them. And yet now, um, you know, our, our, uh, servants of the, uh, of our nation, uh, you know, Twitter and Facebook and et cetera, Google, uh, I'll censor things and make sure that we're all safe from it, uh, you know. And um, then then when it comes to the, uh, you know, these drugs and all these different things, of course, this is uh, how you illustrate the uh, love of liberty in America. Um, you know, and of course, they're protected by the Constitution. I mean, you, you've got to have the freedom and liberty to kill babies and, um, you know, do any kind of drug possible. Um you know, and and that's um, you know how we look at things these days upside down, as far as I can see. Amen to that. You want a quick comment on that, Becky? The more that we uh, grow government, the less morality is left among people. There is a direct and inverse correlation. So the stronger government becomes, the less people rely on the church, the less they rely on their own conscience, the less they rely on the Lord. This works without fail every time, every epoch in history, and across cultures, across nations. So 
those who are clamoring for drug laws and the drug war, and I'm not including cops here, they obviously benefit. Um, so we'll just exclude them from the, the equation. Most cops love the drug war. They get to go out and beat people up. What a horrible thing to unleash on a cop. They also get to go out and participate in the drug trade by hook or by crook as well, while yes. appearing to be the peace-loving, you know, um, yes. moral the bad authority. Ones, yeah. The bad yeah. ones, that's yeah. right. That's right. The more that we empower them, the less likely that people themselves will say, you know what, I don't want to shoot heroin into my body. So if, if you're listening and you are a big fan of the drug war, you should be aware that you are encouraging the very thing you think you're opposing. The reality is, from an anarchist point of view, if we were self-governed and if we had respect for our God-given temples and we understood the moral laws, the principles of eternity, if you will, and we were willing to obey God's law. You know what? With or without government laws about drugs, we wouldn't have an issue, would we, Becky? That's right. That's right. It's not my concern, nor my business, nor my proper sphere of influence for me to go next door with a gun or government guns and tell my neighbor how to live his life. There is nowhere that the Scripture supports that, and there is certainly nothing in either state or federal constitutions that supports that. So the drug war is absolutely immoral, whether we look at the Bible or whether we look at the Constitution. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Donald Trump just sent out a new tweet. Kurt has details. Well, very good, Sam. Um, yeah, this is basically uh, the president, uh, you know, saying that, um, hmm, you know, last night things looked a certain way, and now, you know, they're quite different. Um, you know, and um, you know, this is this goes to uh, what we've said. But here's what he said: uh, uh, the president expressed frustration. This came from uh, at real Donald Trump. Uh, this was at the Washington Examiner website, and, and they have a blog going on with you know, current info going on there. But it says, President pushes back against changing leads. In a tweet Wednesday morning, uh, the president expressed frustration about states in which he originally had the lead, but that are now turning toward Joe Biden. As mail-in ballots are being counted in key states like Michigan and Pennsylvania, the former vice president is likely to gain more ground since Democrats were less likely to vote in person. And these are his words right now. Uh, that was what the examiner kind of said. He says, uh, last night I was leading often solidly in many key states in almost all instances. Democrat run and controlled. Then one by one they started to magically disappear as surprise ballot dumps were counted. Very strange. And the pollsters got it completely and historically wrong. Uh, at real Donald Trump. There you go, Sam. What do you think of that, Becky? Well, I think the fact that Democrats were universally in favor of pushing for and very enthusiastic about mail-in ballots tells us all the fraud that they intended to perpetrate with these things. Um, there were Online, I saw many uh, articles about Democrats caught dumping mail-in ballots from a few Republicans that voted that way, um, ballots being lost, ballots being miscounted. Um, so it's obvious that this was a recipe for stealing the election. And 
as I said before, we are just descending to the status of a banana republic, uh, where we are under totalitarian whims, where the deep state and other uh, actors are controlling what happens. They are putting on a show for us, allowing us, quote, to vote, and then totally discounting how the vote goes. Now, can I prove any of this? No, no, because they bury the evidence very, very deep. And it's unlikely anybody will ever be able to prove this. But Joe Biden is a corrupt. His, his whole entire family is a criminal family. They're as, as corrupt as the Clintons. Does it really surprise anyone that he and his operatives would try to steal an election? There you have it. Very good questions. And uh, I think President Trump's tweet does highlight reality about the manipulations of the media and what's happening here. And the longer we wait to get answers on the election, the greater chance there will be vote fraud. Do you think we'll have an answer by Thanksgiving? Do you think the president will be inaugurated or do uh, do you think that Joe Biden will sweep into the White House? What's your kind of reading the tea leaves, Becky? I I don't read tea leaves. <laughs> I I really don't know. I can tell you how I'm praying. I'm praying the Lord will destroy every Marxist and totalitarian in this country, that he will send us a revival with liberty and righteousness following in its wake, that this country will turn back to him and utterly reject the satanic philosophy of Marxism, overwhelmingly reject it, and that if it comes to war, he will honor those of us, his remnant, that care about him, and that love liberty. I dig it. We'll come back and a couple other quick thoughts for you. Man, time flies when you're talking about the sacred cause of liberty, doesn't it? Yes. Hang tight, folks. Becky Akers, Hailstorm. Get her book immediately. Abducting Arnold. Incredible books. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues that affect the American West, its people, lifestyles, lands, and wildlife. The Loving Liberty Radio Network is proud to support the publisher's efforts to provide an active forum for solutions that preserve the vanishing American cowboy, farmer, and sheep herder. Each issue contains informative articles on life in the American West, along with breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of the cowboy spirit in our day. Each issue of Range Magazine also features great gift ideas, like the 2020 Real Buckaroo Calendar and the book Tales from Out There. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Just click on the shopping cart. The Loving Liberty Radio Network salutes the spirit of the American West and those who are keeping it alive at Range Magazine. for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man but by God. The foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? 
please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3 founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. I agree we live in perilous times, to say the least, ladies and gentlemen, but I don't like to go negative. I believe we live in the greatest country on the face of the earth despite our problems. I agree most importantly that self-government is one of the grand keys to stability and success and morality in the nation. I also agree that a constitutional republic has validity. Now, Becky would say no to that, but you know what? We can work together despite the differences that we have uh, on philosophy or understanding of the proper role of government or uh, self-government or the lack of, uh, quote, formal uh, federal or political governments, if you will. Uh, And I bring this all up because I don't want us to go negative. I want us to understand, as Becky wisely articulated right at the end of the last segment, you know what, we can pray for the promotion, the protection and the sustaining of all things righteous and the rejection of all things satanic and evil. And amen to the great detail that she are eloquently focused on there. Amen to that. So let's move to a couple of quick stories that might kind of unite and give us a little bit of a breath of fresh air from uh, this ever-divided culture we seem to face in modern society. Kurt wants to talk about candy. Well, the headline, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know, reads from the Western Journal. Amanda Thomason is the author, says uh, family post signs saying, quote, no candy, child with cancer. So kids shared their treats with them instead. Um, and, uh, you know, it says uh, Halloween was a little different this year for most people with uh, creativity on full display for those who still chose to participate. They had uh, different table displays, individually wrapped goodie bags, and interesting delivery shoot setups to distribute candy without it getting too close and personal. And uh, sure, many uh, maybe unmanned displays were taken advantage of. You know, some kids just load up the whole bucket of candy. Uh, but anyway, uh, in this case, this is Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and these uh, people, the Thomases, uh, Courtney and her husband, live on a street that routinely seats hundreds of kids file through on the 31st of October. This year looked different for them because they have a child fighting cancer, and due to that, they weren't planning to hand out candy. So to warn the costume kiddos of their stance, they placed a neon sign in their front yard that read, Sorry, no candy. Child with cancer. See you next year. Cool costume and have fun. We're also written on, on the corners. Uh, the intent of the sign was to help would-be visitors manage their expectations, but what happened instead absolutely melted the family's hearts. Um, the uh, lady wrote and shared with love what matters. She said, I can't stop crying. If anyone thought there was no hope in our kids and teens, you're wrong. The sole purpose for us putting this sign in our yard today was so kids wouldn't run to our door and be disappointed. Uh, We usually get 
she says three to four hundred kids. That's a pretty good batch. Uh, she said, I looked on our doorbell camera tonight and saw the kids had been stopping at the sign. My husband and I just went outside and found this. Underneath the sign was a pile of candy and goodie bags, offerings from the local boys and ghouls, it says, and not girls, you know, ghouls, who'd seen the sign and been moved to show their concern in candy form. The picture doesn't do it justice. Anyway, the bottom line is yeah, even and, kiddos uh, helping out. And know. here's the focus. I'm not fond of Halloween. I think it's a Satan-promoted day for the most part, and I kind of yeah. reject all that. The point that we want to get across here, though, is the kind gesture. You know, when you mm-hmm. get away from politics, when you get away from bureaucrats, when you get away from thugs seeking for power, um, you know what? You get into the real world of Americans, and I still believe, for the most part, people have good hearts and people want to get along. People want to care for one another. People want to make a difference for good. And I still believe there's a moral compass to a great degree uh, in America. I think our leadership is is vile and problematic and divisionary, and so is the media. But I believe it, deep in the hearts of the American people are still a good people. Now, we got a far way to go to correct the wrongs, and we're certainly a much more of an immoral people turning our back on Christ than we used to be. I get that, too. I also, though, want to reward and uh, a little bit and focus on the goodness that still exists, Becky. Well, and real quick before Becky jumps in, let me let me finish this little part real quick. Uh, Becky, sorry. It's right at the end of the story, and that's typically the way it is. If they're going to mention God, it's uh, you know way down in the story, but at least it gets mentioned here at the Western Journal. She, the lady updated it. She says, thank you to everyone for your kind words and prayers. We serve a mighty and faithful God, and we hold tight to the promise of Romans 8.28. As she says, uh, childhood cancer is something we wish no family ever had to endure, but there's so much love, hope, and support. And on Halloween night, that support was shown in a horde of Reese's Cups, Laffy Taffy, and Tootsie Pops, one of the most genuine shows of care a kid can display. That's lovely, isn't it? Um, Yeah, and it makes you... You know, at least in all the other craziness, it kind of gives you a little bit of hope, like she says. Yes, yes. Although now I feel permitted me to take a digression back to politics for a moment. I have been intrigued at a sign I saw in a Biden supporter's yard. And I don't know if this is a homemade sign. It has that look to it, but it might be a cleverly crafted sign that the campaign produced. Um, but it's all about how we all love each other and, you know, our, our, we, we are inclusionary and nobody's outside our love. And that's why we are Biden Harris voters. And I, every time I pass it, I do a slow burn because I think this is such a symptom of everything that is wrong with America that we have, we think that politics and political government's proper sphere is love. Think about the totalitarianism behind that. Think about we're not even allowed to have an emotion anymore that isn't political. It's because I'm a Biden supporter that I feel love for you. I mean, this is rank idolatry. So it, it is good, no to question. See, good to see that these kids and this family have reclaimed one of our primary emotions from the political sphere. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. In contrast, and then we'll wrap it up with an article that I have, but in contrast, Russell Wilson, Kurt, 
Well, and ladies and gentlemen, if you're not familiar with Russell Wilson, this just happens to be one of the uh, NFL's, uh, well, quarterbacks. Um, I guess he plays for the Seattle Seahawks. And the headline from the New York Post says, uh, Russell Wilson spends at least a million a year on his body. Uh, Jaslyn Jas- Hendricks writes the piece. Um, and uh, I just thought it was kind of interesting because we've talked about before the uh, whole uh, Tom Brady thing and that kind of thing and how these guys really understand the value of taking care of their bodies. Um, and, of course, that's because they get paid big money for it. But, um, you know, I will say this, um, you know, we ought to take good care of the bodies we've been given. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of ways we don't have to spend millions on them, but most of the time we spend more on our vehicles than we do taking care of our uh, our own bodies. And there's a pro and con to that. It's good to take care of your body, but when you start to spend a million dollars on your body, at some point you might be focused a little bit too much on the carnal, yeah. the mortality. By the though. way, he... He just agreed to a four-year, $140 million extension with the Seahawks. So oh, now I, feel I guess spending a million on your body's kind of like, well, it's like pennies, you know. Nothing. Right? All right. Nothing at all. Anyway, I find that story interesting and a little bit in contrast with mm, kind of the love and the, and the true selflessness that I think we really need to heal in America. But there's a column written by a lady from USA Today. Suzette Hackney is her name. Suzette Hackney. And the headline says this. We're only as divided as we choose to be. Now, on one hand, her attempt is to bring us together and say, listen, we might feel completely opposite on the election, but let's get the election behind us. Let's forgive one another. Let's move forward with the country. What's good for the country? What's, you know, and and her story has a lot of good in it in the sense that, hey, we do need to separate politics from reality and be kind and considerate and loving and, and patient. And, 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 but at the same time, what I find fascinating is when we say we're only as divided as we choose to be, I would submit to you that the war in heaven, biblically spoken of, uh, continues today. And it's between Satan and Jesus Christ. And I'm not so sure that we're only as divided as we choose to be. What I mean is I, I'm not going to make a deal with the devil because I choose not to be divided. So I guess what I'm trying to get at, Becky, in a, in, in a responsible way is to say I'm not for ratcheted up vitriol and ratcheted up hatred and violence and division. I'm not for that at all. I am for coming together as God's children, coming together as Americans and the American people and standing for limited government and standing for what makes America and individuals great. I'm for all that. But you know what? We're divided because hey, there's a war going on between good and evil. And I guess what I'm saying is that I choose to be on the side of good. And if that makes me divided, I'm sorry. I'm not going to apologize for standing on the side of good when those who oppose me are on the side of evil. I don't know that I can say, well, I'm going to choose to be less divided. I'm going to choose to stand on the right side of principle. And I want to do it 24-7, Becky. I, I think unity is vastly overrated, Sam. Um, as long as there is one Marxist in this country... I'm not going to be united. Sorry. It's just <laughs> not within my purview. Um, there's a statue in Central Park to Daniel Webster. And I don't know all that much about Daniel Webster, I'm sorry to say. But uh, I, what I like, I don't know. Or what I know, I don't like. 
But it says on the uh, bottom of the statute, that is, if Antifa and BLM have permitted this statute to still stand, on the plinth it says, uh, liberty and union, one and inseparable, now and forever. And now, of course, what that's getting at is the war of northern aggression against the South and the fact that the Union almost broke up. And you know what? For what Lincoln and the North were advocating, the centralized government, which is what the war of northern aggression was all about, slavery had very little to do with it. And I know the propaganda we've all heard from the mainstream media and public education is it was all about slavery. No, slavery was a small bit player in this war. It was firmly about entrenching an overgrown and unconstitutional government. Uh, in that case, my goodness, who would be for union? The only people for union then and the only people now stressing union are the Marxists, okay? And what is their premise for union? Their premise is that we'll all give in to them, okay? Marxism is our default, and those of us who are interested in harmony and union, why, of course, we'll just go along with taking care of everybody and allowing the government to do it. And if we raise objections to that and we say, no, we want to be free, not taking care, oh, you're divisive. You're horrible. You're We're about out of time, but the only time I feel like we should be united is united in Christ and the principles that Christ taught. And if we follow the Prince of Peace, I think we can have uh, unity. Without that, I'm afraid it'll never, ever, ever be the case. Not right. until we reach heaven. That's right. But that's with Jesus Christ, right? Right. He would make it possible for us to be in heaven and have peace. Not yes. us. All right. No. Thanks for being alongside with the ride, ladies and gentlemen, for Becky Akers, her incredible books, Hailstorm and Abducting Arnold. Get them today for Sam Curtin, Becky. God save the Republic.